Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman. No, we're not in the usual studio. We have American flag up because we're veterans going to be sitting down, dropping some serious knowledge. And at the end, we're actually I'm actually going to dropping something new that just coming out today. So make sure you listen till the end. My friend Matthew, he's a veteran. He's a been a, a brother of mine for years. He's got amazing fans. He's changing the game, especially in marketing. Because if you're marketing, we're going to tell you how to make it not suck. Yeah. Matthew, brother, welcome to the show. We finally, Thanks, finally bro. got here after all these years. <laughs> I know, it's weird. <laughs> so, my brother, let me ask you a first question because I do have a TBI. And, and if I don't ask the question, I will forget it. What is your definition of resiliency? I think it, it's it's doing the can I say it the shit that we don't want to do the uncomfortable stuff and then still getting up and doing it no matter what every every day multiple times a day and even when you're tired forcing yourself to you know to do it now obviously take care of yourself but you you can't you, you can't have excuses you got to keep pushing and you have to have a why for your resiliency as well that's I think that's super important, and I, I've been thinking about this a little bit, and and um, but definitely it's it's having having a, a reason and doing the things that you don't want to do, whether it's picking up the phone, calling somebody, or or uh, just putting forth that extra effort to make something you know stand out and be better. I, I think those are all super important things. Well, now as people know, my my old podcast was success. Your why powers your how. Yeah. There's going to be days like we were talking earlier, you're going to get up and you don't want to do, sh but then like you with, with your bride and taking care of her, you know, she's your why and your family's your why my okay. bride and my three kids are my why that makes me get up every day. Even if I don't want to record, if I don't want to post anything, it's like, somebody needs to help or i need to help that's right so, you know first let's hop back in, in the delorean we're going to go back in the way back machine right. tell us a little bit about where you came from where you grew up and a little bit about your military service all right well first off i always tell people that i'm a bostonian living down south i grew up in boston uh, i i live in virginia now just uh outside of richmond so and um red sox fan oh yeah all right guys we gotta go <laughs> <laughs> red sox bruins celtics patriots yeah. of my best friend my best friend is from boston and i'm a now i don't know how this relationship goes i'm a, <laughs> I'm a devil's fan i'm a yankees fan and I'm a Lakers fan, and, so, and, and I'm a Dolphins fan. So it's like every team we have hates each other, but me and him got so much love, and I love the the, the people from New England. I think they're they're the yeah. most amazing. They were. The, are you talking about resilience? <laughs> Try winter time in Boston. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you guys get like ten <laughs> feet of snow. It's like yeah, I think it's I think it was thirteen last year. <laughs> just pushing into Boston Harbor, you know what I mean? That's it. That's it. But um, it, I live down south now, so I learned how to pronounce the letter R. 
And uh, that's that's been a big hit because I talk to people all over the country. But uh, before I get into that, let me just say, I'll answer your question. Um, military side, I was a helicopter mechanic uh, at, assigned to an uh, Air Force Special Operations Unit. I was Air Force, obviously. I got out as a staff sergeant. And uh, I did just just under 10 years, maybe a couple months shy of 10 years. When I got it, just worked out that way. And, uh, of course, I'm a Gulf War veteran. Uh, I was gray while I was in also, so that's nothing new. <laughs> and um, did the uh, did the Gulf War thing, did Yugoslavia. Uh, I don't know if a lot of you guys remember Milosevic. It didn't seem to hit too big here. Oh, If you were in at that time, you knew. Yeah, yeah. So um, spent a lot of time in Turkey and Italy and uh, – and and lived in England for five years. That was pretty awesome. So I mean, got to see the world, and really appreciative of that, and, and appreciative of my veteran connections that I have. Um, not just because of the opportunity, but because of the brotherhood. Because when you're out, you miss that stuff. You know, that's just like your extended family. And I come from a big family. You know, there's seven of us uh, in in my uh, immediate siblings and family, and. You know, like the military just seems like a natural extension of my family when my brothers and sisters couldn't be around. Right. I got all you guys. I think that's pretty what, awesome. What, what made you, you know, because you could have, because I'm sure you ha had a pretty good GT score. So you could have joined, the, you know, Marines, Army, Navy. What made you choose Air Force? Actually, uh, I joined the Army first, actually. I uh, went was going to go into the warrant officer program to fly Kauias? Kauias? I forget. Yeah. Like scout aircraft. That's what they were telling me, at least. And then I found out I had a hernia. <laughs> so here I am, you know, young guy, went out and I uh, got surgery. I think I was 18, maybe at the time. Uh, had surgery six, seven months later, came back, and the Army was like, nope, nope, we still don't want you now. So the guy across, hey, you like helicopters? Air Force guys, we'll get you in the helicopters, and, and that's that's how that started. And well, you know, I I tell everybody because I have every a lot of people ask me, well, what sir join? And I'm like, listen, guys, if you want to have a good life, don't join the Marines, don't join me, you know, join the Air Force because yeah. they have it going on. And uh, I I love my Air Force guys, and I always, of course, break Garcia's chops, you know, being yeah. an Air Force. But I tell everybody, honestly, if you want to join the military at this point in time, I tell everybody to join the Air Force. Yeah, it's just there's a, a lot of jobs that translate very well to the civilian world. So I, I definitely concur with that with that idea. But um, you know why I joined? Uh, first off, I knew that like I was living in at the time I was living in New Hampshire, uh, up in Dover, New Hampshire. And there's not a super lot going on up there. And I was thinking like, you know, geez, I got to make something of myself. I got to do something with myself. And believe it or not, I wanted to be a wealthy guy. <laughs> and I know that sounds stupid saying, I'm going to join the military to be rich. <laughs> but um, I knew in order to get to that level, I had to break through other barriers and get the hell out of town. You know, the podunk town, just make something of myself. You know, uh, you nice. Is he said, I transferred my skills from working on, you know, that kind of helicopter 
now he works for Penske Racing. Yeah, awesome. Taking care, taking care of their helicopters. So he yeah. kind of parlayed his skills yeah. into something else. Yep. And that sort of ties into resiliency, too. I mean, what you go through, the things that you learn, the planning that you have, and, and uh, you know, the ability to see a bigger picture, you know, and, and have some vision. Like I, I knew at a young age that for me that I always wanted to, you know, be a business owner. And, uh, and I've owned a couple businesses. I, I owned a, uh, a home inspection business uh, back in the, in the mid-90s when I was actually in the military. Uh, I, I owned it. And funny thing is I made more on the weekend than I did all month long from my military pay. So that's how I knew I, you know, this is, this is a, a good life. I want, want to do that. And then I got into, uh, I got into marketing because I had to market my business. So that's kind of what led me into, you know, the web marketing side of things. And then people were like, Hey, you know, can you help me with mine? And that was sort of the genesis of it even way back then. All right. So then, let you know, let's get talk about, you know, you said you did um, close to 10 years. And mm -hmm. I believe, you know, if, if you do a, a day over 10 years, you might as well do the full thing. You know, you know, if you're going to if you're in for six, you're in for a dozen. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, What was your thought process in getting out and how far ahead did you start planning to get out? Well, probably the initial reason for getting out wasn't as well planned <laughs> i was married before and honestly i just wanted to get the hell away from her some guys you go probably been through that before i think the the new term is uh there's a jody around every corner or something like that yeah. that was her case but um but i got a beautiful daughter out of it so that's that's a bonus and and her and i are very close so you know, like like Sergeant Nick in our group, Sergeant Nick talks about yeah. all, and and I talk about him all the time on the show because his words resonated with me. Yeah. Once you step off base, the military doesn't give a shit about you. No. Your phone stops ringing. You lose most of your people that you were in contact with, and you yeah. don't have a career anymore. So right. people like myself ended up with a pistol in my mouth. And a bottle of whiskey because I didn't know who I was now after 23 years. So yeah. what was your transitioning like? What was your story like? Uh, boy, when I left, I had, you know, my backpack and the clothes I was wearing. I didn't have shit. And uh, that's probably the best thing, to be totally honest with you, because I didn't have a choice. I had to make something of myself. I had to to build something that was sustaining and, and would sustain me. And I was thinking just the other day, my wife and I were sitting in the living room watching TV and and you know, she's like, Wow, she's like, This is pretty nice. Like we were looking around, it's pretty nice digs where I live right now. And and she's like, I can't believe just, you know, five years ago there were gunshots all around us every single night uh, where we lived. And that's the truth. And um, and at the time, though, I thought, oh, hey, this is pretty nice. This isn't so bad. But now when I look back at it, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I'm just really grateful that it forced me to to stay focused on on a goal and build something. You know, and, and this isn't all about, you know, oh, how I built my company and, and stuff like that. And 
surely there's other places out there that are a lot more successful than I am. But um, right now, this fits for my lifestyle uh, quite well. And, you know, I, I'm in the, me and you are, I think me and we're here. Um, the other day, me and my wife were sitting in the jacuzzi in my backyard. Uh, and my wife just made a, a nice surf and turf dinner. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, damn, my life is good. I appreciate yeah. Because three miles away from where I live right now, I used to live in my truck and yeah. eat out of garbage cans. Oh, man. So now I'm just like, man, I'm so grateful for where I am. Absolutely. I'm grateful for where I was, but my vision board is getting bigger. Yes. You know? and, and I think that if I think they say, I forget it's a Bible verse, um, where the people have no vision, the people perish. That's true. So I think that, you know, we appreciate what we have. But we also are looking further about what we also want to achieve. Because, like you said, if you if you don't have a goal, if you don't if you don't have a reason, then you're you're not going to get up those mornings when you don't want to get up. You're going to try. You know what I mean? But before we even get started, because I want to dig deep, because as you know, I'm the male Oprah, I'm the GI Joe Rogan. So I want <laughs> I want to say I want to thank our sponsors. As you guys know. Um, at my t-shirts um matthew actually was kind enough to buy one and i'm, and I'm so grateful um i should have worn it this the swag that i <laughs> that we do sell um comes from ginger and david really designs as you see down below i don't make a penny off of it right. and that's my choice it all goes to project die hard which helps veterans struggling with homelessness and ptsd so for every t-shirt you buy we're going to set up to where 12 veterans can bring their families and be taken care care for for one year financially spiritually emotionally and physically at zero cost to the veteran and their families so everything i do i'm always trying to pay forward so if you love swag with a mission write swag down below also the way me and matthew met was i joined the tribe I don't know, maybe eight years ago when there was like 500 people in there. Yeah. Andrew O'Brien was the original. Yep. And that's where we met. Okay. And um, so, guys, if you're a veteran and you want to be a vetpreneur, which is a veteran entrepreneur, you need to join the vetpreneur tribe. And especially if you want to join a mastermind, make sure you join the Warrior Council. We are the official sponsor of, of the podcast of the Warrior Council. So, guys, if you if you are a veteran and want to be a vetpreneur, make sure you join the tribe. There's 16.5 thousand of us. So, if you need help, we got your back. So, Matthew and I, like I said earlier, I want to thank you for being a friend and a mentor to me. Yeah. Thank you. So, I guess right. I do have one one quick mentorish type thing that I want to pass on to you guys. And you touched on it a, a, a moment ago, and that's vision. And I am an avid reader now. I never used to be, uh, you know, but now I am. And I've, uh, over the past six years, six plus seven years now, I've read over 200 books. Uh, well, I'm, I'm more of an audible kind of a book guy. Um, so, by the way, just as a side note, one of the other things that I deal with is dyslexia. So, like letters do this a lot when I'm when I'm trying to read text. So in order to hear something and and take it in visually, and obviously I can read, but you know to take it in visually that that uh, helps out a lot. And uh, 
in one of the books, I obviously can't remember the name of it. It's like, I think it's called Purpose Driven Life. Yes, by and Mr. Rick Warren. I think that might be him, yeah. Yep. And he's, and he's a pastor of Saddle, Saddlebrook Church. Yep. Yes. And he said, let me, is this that guy that speaks with like an accent? Like, let yep. me tell you about this. Yep. He was, vision is not just a function of the eyes. It is a gift from God to be able to go into the future. Now, I'm making fun of it, but I'm dead serious and, you know, how how powerful it is. It's a the ability to go and see yourself in the future, like to time travel, and then to see what you want your life to be like, and then to come back here to the present and figure out the steps to get back there. When I heard that, that was so powerful for me and impactful, and I still use that you know, in my thought process today. And it's just amazing how well it works. And, you know, so. and I did a post this morning, you know, um, about having a vision board, about prayer, about mm -hmm. meditation. I saw it. For me, I, for some reason, I don't know why I picked, I want to go to Atlantis one day. Yeah. I want to be able to take my family to Atlantis. I don't know. And I, it's been on my dream board cool. for 10 years. My wife just booked a cruise, and we're going to be going to Nassau. We're going to be going to the Bahamas. We're going to be going to Florida. Oh, nice. And I'm booking a day to go to Atlantis. Yeah. But I seen myself in Atlantis 10 years ago. Just like now I see myself. And, guys, if you know me, I'm a, I'm a Christian guy. I believe my Lord and Jesus. Amen. My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We owe nothing on this earth. That's right. He lets us borrow it. Yep. So I'm just borrowing a house. Why can't I borrow a big vacation home? That's it's right. Not my, so why can't I borrow it and use my I on my vision board? I have a, a vacation home. I have a pontoon boat. I got yeah. a brand new Jeep. That's it. And I got the color picked out and everything. But it's on my vision board and I and I visualize it every night before I go to bed. So please talk about visual visualization and having vision. In simple terms, that what you focus on grows. Simple, I think. You know, you have to, you have to have a, you have not, not just a plan. Like most of us, like we have, we, we, oh, I'm thinking about this. I really want that. That's not, that's not focusing on what you really want. Because in order to focus on something, you got to make a plan, which is why I say have the vision, go to the future, if you will, and then figure out what you want. Which is we're all pretty good at that, but most of us don't do the the, the other part of coming back and then figuring out the steps to get there. When when I uh, when I got out of the Air Force, uh, primarily because I got divorced and and uh, and all that jazz. That's actually not a bad thing. I'm glad I glad I went through that process. But when I did that, I remember coming home and my brother-in-law was like, "Oh God, you you're ruined. You're." ruined you've got nothing your life is over and i was like nah man and like within three or four months i was back on top i had gotten into the boston police department d4 uh and uh working with the auxiliary police department which is paid position not not a free one and you know was able to rise up to the rank of of uh captain where i had 75 officers underneath my command within you know the term of a year um and then i was 
I don't want to say I was balling. I wasn't balling, but I was, you know. But I remember like writing out the steps, writing down the things that I wanted, and then meticulously writing down a daily plan of how to get there for the things that I wanted. Obviously, right off the bat, you know what, dude? I need a, I need a car. I need a job. I need something. You know. So like, I took the time to write down each step that I wanted. And it was the first time in my life I've ever really seen success with by working, having a plan and working. You always hear, you know, plan your work, work your plan, whatever. But like to actually do it and get success is, you know, once you know, you know, you know. But I think, you know, for me, like somebody told me last last year that you need to you need to focus on something. And for me. And somebody says, well, you need to pick a word or two words, and that's your words for the year. And I was like, yeah, that's bullshit. That don't work. <laughs> so okay, what I did that. is New Year's Eve, I wrote down for what I want for 2023 was I, my two words were intention yeah. and attention. Yep. So if it doesn't have – and I, I realized that if my life didn't have – if I wasn't living intentional – and if I wasn't getting attention, the podcast is not going to be successful. Exactly. So I had to put, okay, God, family, friends, and business. Other yeah. than that, I don't have time for anything else in my schedule. Right. So talk to us about, you know, because I live for Calendly. I live on a calendar. Everything I do, my days are planned. Even fun is planned. Yeah. So talk about living purposely and living with intention especially in business. Yeah. Um, you, you can't do this business without having things in place and, and systems in place. And uh, like easily like today, nowadays with, you know, with, with um, CRM tools and AI and stuff like that, that helps me multiply my abilities. Uh, I used to have a team of 25 people uh throughout the country and the world that would help me and now i'm down to three people not because of a failure of success like we're way more productive than we ever were i just don't need that anymore and and uh having the focus to to, to what am i trying to say here <laughs> being being that you have the systems in place gives you the ability to work on the things that matter most. And okay. But then also I'm seeing this in new business because I consider I'm old school, mm. but I'm new school at the same, I'm same time. But I, I realize that so many people are so tech friendly that they forget to be social. They forget that business is. That's why way. we, that's why we got to do this. That's why we yeah. got to, talk and, and see people and meet them. I totally agree with that. You know, because and I believe if you want to build a successful brand on social media, you have to be social. Yeah. For me, I spend, because I, Gary Vaynerchuk, my friend, he taught me a lot. You know, yeah. so for the first two hours of my day, I'm interacting with everybody that was on my post and all that stuff because I'm building relationships. Yeah. But a, a lot of people I see, they, they don't do that. And they wonder why their bottom line is not growing because people are not invested in them and they're not going to invest in their company. Yeah. You know, a, a simple thing is just like 
when someone says something online to me, and this is something that's sort of relatively new for me that, that I do is like, I'll take the time to actually reply to them mm-hmm. and give a more thoughtful response. Not a huge paragraph, but you know, just something a little bit more. And if it goes beyond one or two times I'm replying back to them, that's okay. Because guess what? They feel valued. And, you know, I generally do care about all the people that I interact with. And I like the fact that I get friendships, uh, you know, that are, that are interactive both ways. And uh, I didn't even know that that was really a business thing. It's not done for business. It's done probably more for my own selfish reasons that I want a deeper connection with, 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 you know, the people that I interact with and not, not the superficial like or whatever. But also, like I said, you know, Gary just taught me a lot. You know, even to people, like I know I'm starting to get haters, and that's okay. Because they, even if they write something negative, I'm going to say, you know, hey, have a blessed day. How are you doing today? Yeah. And I'm going to be like, wait a minute, I just slammed him. And now he's asking me, how am I having a nice day? And I'll, I'll direct message, and I'll be like, hey, we might have got off at the wrong foot. I might have said something. I apologize. How's your day yeah. going? Now, all of a sudden, I got a raving fan, and it was just because I took the time to say, you know, you, we may disagree on certain things. Yeah. But even if even if they came back and yelled at me, I'm still kicking up in their algorithms because they answered me. So <laughs> it's a win-win situation by being social. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about uh, marketing. Uh, branding, especially on on web, eight point nine, whatever it is now. Uh, Nine point six. Because what I I, I'm like, yeah, just keep adding numbers. It's all right. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about because when you got into the marketing and and branding business, it's a lot different than it was just six months ago. Yeah, it it is. Marketing and branding in 2023. All right, 2023 for me. Like one thing I keep hearing from people is, "Oh my God, you're everywhere! I see you, you know, uh, online. I see your your web stuff, and and I see you all on this. I see videos that you do, and and all, like, how do you have time for that?" And my answer to that simply is, you know, the systems in place, you know, having AI and just using, you know, basic tools that can help you, you know, repropagate material that's out there, and and uh, it. <laughs> It, it's so easy to to get distracted and get overwhelmed. But the one thing I've been focusing on this year is just to try and, you know, share little tidbits. And some of my stuff is crap, you know? I wouldn't even watch it, you know? But, but it's like, it's something. It just gets you out there in front of people for them to see you. I have uh, some videos that I had started on, on YouTube where I'm just – talking about, you know, like keywords and the different types of keywords and and the intent of them and and just stuff like that. And to me, it's very, very basic stuff. But it's like, wow, that was amazing. People were like, this is such good information. And the fact that you, you know, cared enough to share with us, you know, it's just so amazing. And, and, uh, and I do, I generally want to help people, but I also don't want to be inauthentic, if that makes sense. Is that the right word? Oh yeah, I don't want to be fake. There's some people in our tribe that yeah. you 
to be bigwigs that are very inauthentic. I ain't saying any names. I ain't getting sued. Yeah. But there's some <laughs> people. There's some people like that right now. And and yeah. and me and you are this, along the same lines. I am who I am. I'm not yeah. going to be different. If we ever meet up, you're getting a big hug. Um, same I'm here. Gonna, you know, I'm going to tell people if I'm having a good day, if I'm having a bad day, it's going to yeah. be all the time. But you know, sometimes. <clears throat> People would rather watch a video by from you because they know you're being real and you're not just trying to sell a course. You're not just trying to sell something. You're like I, I just picked up um, Alex Hermosi's book, A Hundred Million. I forget what the last part is, and I'm on my second iteration. But it's amazing how just being real and being honest, people are, are more likely to interact with you if they know, wait a minute, he's giving all this shit away for free. Imagine what you do when you pay him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like for me in that same mindset, I, I care about what, like I care about the success of other people. And maybe that's like some people be like, oh, you just got to, you know, stop giving away your, your stuff for free and stop giving all the information away. Like, look, if that was a, a problem, Every one of y'all that are my customers would have walked away a long time ago and you would have done it yourself. So, you know, I'm glad that I can, that what I say helps people or gives them a better understanding because it's not easy, you know, and to have someone in your corner on your team. Well, first off, every single one of my clients are my friends now. And like I even vacation with one of them. I just got back from vacation uh, last month. We went down to Myrtle Beach with one of my clients I've been with for six years now, and uh, and I, I vacation with his family. He pays for everything. It's a pretty pretty good deal on my my part. But um, you know the reason we have that is because you know we genuinely care, and I genuinely care about his success. And you become an integral part of uh, you know that family. Uh, think that's a veteran trait personally i really do okay so now because the majority of the people that listen to the show are vet and vetpreneurs mm -hmm. what are some of the positive things that you've taken from your military service like writing sops writing nine lines what are some of the things that you took and now apply it to business uh i never really distinguished myself so separate from like that which what I learned in the military because I always thought that that was just me and who I was anyways um maybe it wasn't maybe it's just a learned thing and I'm too stupid to figure it out <laughs> but uh you know and definitely it, it's being honest and straightforth and and given like if you don't know the answer tell them I don't know the answer I'll find out for you you know um, I used to work up in uh, aircraft maintenance operations, the, the control center. It's called the MOC. And basically, it's like you're basically like the ground control for what's going on on the flight line, and but for the maintenance side of things. And I would have colonels and generals that I would have to report to, and they were like, Matt, we just want, when you come here, just give us the straight facts, straight up. And if you don't know, say, I don't know. and But find out. And uh, so definitely being prepared. Now, I know this is a little off the cuff and I'm not super prepared for my answers, but but being prepared when you're talking to your customers or you're working on their behalf, that's super important. Uh, I, I think that's definitely something the military has taught. And also that, you know what, the day doesn't end at five o'clock. 
you know, I have a lot of folks that, you know, because of the industry that I'm in, in security, they're up at three o'clock in the morning. Well, guess what? If they're up at three o'clock in the morning and they need me, I'll get up at three o'clock in the morning for them. Uh, I think that that is part of the, uh, you know, the, the character that the, the military has, has brought, you know, to me, just like it has for you. And when you're, like, I, I think of character as like, not like, oh, that guy's a clown. He's a character. It, it's, it's who you are, like, inside that matters. And, and, and like, what you would do or wouldn't do, even if someone was watching or not. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes a lot of sense because yeah. um, everybody knows I'm, I've been clean and sober 34 years. Yeah. But all of a sudden, if you see me popping bottles on Instagram, with strippers and here i'm saying i'm a family man i got i don't drink yeah. you know you're like wait hold on wait what just happened and you yeah. just all your credibility that you ever had because yep. you're doing something that's not in your character right right but it's okay to fail too like we're gonna fail at times but you know that's why it's such a hard narrow road to to stay on and you know, like we don't ask for the things that happen to us in our lives, you know, but we, you know, just like the the road. I don't know if everybody, if, if you don't know his story, you got to watch it. it. It's it's pretty amazing. And and straight up, bro, you were kind of a dirtbag. Oh, total shit. Uh, yeah. Total like, oh, holy crap. But the yeah. fact that like how you've turned things around and the man that you become, man, I'm inspired by that. And I think that's just fantastic because you have to realize that you know first off everybody goes through some serious struggles you me everybody and but like what you do with it matters and that's why you know being here and having you as a friend that's a blessing man and i, I really I, i'm so impressed by you know the turnaround well thank you but i didn't do it alone no you didn't and i also realized that if i didn't join the vet trial eight years ago, whatever I, there, there's maybe 10 people I consider in, in my inner circle in the tribe. And yeah. you're one of them, you know, you. Daniel Curry, Mark yep. Dubeck, Tammy yep. Moses, you know, though Kurt Ballish, you know, Greg Clark. These are people that I know I need, I need something at 3 AM. They're in the truck. They're rolling out. Yeah. So I know that for me and I, as you see, I'm writing stuff down because it's things that I want to talk about that you said. Um, sure. You said at one time you had a really big team and now you're down to three. Yeah. But sometimes I think it's better to have, I always say it's better to have four shiny quarters than a hundred dirty pennies. Yep. So sometimes I think if you keep a small circle, but it's a tight circle, it's a lot easier and manageable. So talk about yeah. building a winning team in business. Well, uh, you got to take your emotions out of it, for sure. Because what it's hard to to build a team. The people are gonna they'll be good for a season, you know, and for the time that they are. But then when they're not, you got to be able to to let them go, and and you got to be able to let yourself go as well. I, I mean, like when a client no longer wants to be with you, you got to be okay with them wanting to go, but. The team, the people that you find are, you know, they're hard. 
it's hard to find a good team that's gonna that's gonna have the same vision as you do. So once you find those people, man, hold on to them, treat them well, pay them well. Leviticus nineteen or seventeen, treat your employees well and pay them well, or something like that. Yeah, I only remember that because a boss of mine told told me once. Well, even like but, you know, even Robert Kiyosaki said, you know, I pay my attorney extremely well. I yeah. pay the accountant well, and that's for that's a that's intentional because they know that if Robert's in trouble and he's paying me the most, guess who's getting attention? That's right. Right. That's actually right. So okay, uh, another thing we t- you talked about because when I lost my vision, um, my hearing got a lot better. Um, not according, to, but hmm. my hearing got better. Not and, according to your wife. <laughs> but you know, you said. You were alluding to that, you know, a lot of veterans, and I, like I said, I've been in the tribe from the beginning, they've had 12 different businesses. Yeah. And they're not successful focus, you know, follow one course until successful. And that's something that Stephen Eugene Kuhn told me when we met at Mick, why I wasn't succeeding, because I was everywhere. Yeah. I think that if you don't, like my mentor is John Lee, my mentor. And he told me, you need to super niche down until it hurts. Because then, like, I know that my my perfect avatar is a 45-year-old male, father of three, veteran, new business owner. His name is Craig. That's who I talk to every time (laughs) the show comes on. Because I'm I'm super down. And I know, because I think Jim Rohn said, if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. Yeah. So talk to us about niching down, especially in what you do, how yeah. you niche down instead of doing everything for everybody. So in 2007, my company, Webmatic, started. I started that company, and I was doing uh, SEO, web marketing, for everybody and anybody. I had clients that were florists, electricians, plumbers, uh, retail uh space rental what do you call those the uh you know office space type rental things like i had i had a lot of different niche clients and i was good at it i was certified i i I know the technical aspect of it but i had mastered none of them and it wasn't until i started getting a couple clients in in this one industry that i'm in which is security now um and that was that was six almost seven years ago now and then I just realized, I was like, geez, you know, like this is hard to do all this and to manage all these things. And then if you get a new customer, you have to ramp up to speed on what their industry is. And I already have a background in security. So it just made sense to, you know, to make that my niche. And we can talk about this here in, in a little bit. But also I had a, a life-changing event. My wife suffered a, a hemorrhagic stroke after emergency brain surgery. So now all of a sudden I'm the primary caregiver and I pretty much a screw up anyways. I didn't even know how to do the laundry myself or pay the electric bill. She took care of all that stuff. So I had to restart that. And, and, and so niching was not just a good thing. It was a necessity. I had to simplify things. And now like I don't do all the, like this, there's all these different avenues and aspects in web marketing. When I say web marketing for me, all I do is pay-per-click. I'm, I'm a Google Ads certified. Uh, 
pay-per-click consultant and, and I run ads and get leads for my security guard companies. It's pretty tight. Uh, you know, and they always ask me, oh, can you do this? Can you do social media? I'm like, I can, but I'm not going to. You know, I'll, I'll, I've probably put a lot, and people are like, well, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. And I'm like, I don't think so. Because my clients stay with me usually more than a year. And, and you know, I'm, it's successful and, and, and it's easy. It's repeatable. And it's not all over the place because I'm focused on what the job is at hand, which makes me even more of an expert at what I'm doing, if that makes sense. No, it does. Because like I said, I'm, I'm yeah. listening to this book by Hermazi and something he says, he says, sometimes you just want to niche slap somebody, not yeah. bitch slap, but niche, niche slap. slap. Yeah. Because they're all over the place. You know, it's kind of like I'm a big sports geek. I love sports. I always have. And I yeah. learn a lot from sports. You know, there's some players that great basketball players. They were great at basketball. But then they started getting into rap music. Then they mm. started getting into producing. And then they're out of the league within three years because they didn't stick with what made them successful. Like Kobe Bryant, which is my favorite guy. Yeah. He's, you know, he didn't start getting into other things until he left basketball. He says, because yeah. basketball, I stay in my lane, but I, do I dominate that bitch. I yep. dominate my lane. But I, I don't go into other lanes. So I but I think as entrepreneurs, once we start getting a little bit successful, we we, we start getting that shiny object syndrome. Oh. And then we're totally <laughs> we're totally off the rails. So yeah. what do you, and I know you've seen it a lot. So talk about it. Yeah. So um I started out, so I have a degree in computer science. I went to Texas Tech. I have a bachelor's in computer science. And so programming was my thing. And I got really interested in building marketing software that would help me get you know do uh you know just help me generate leads and 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 more, more like generate for prospecting and stuff like that just get that kind of information i got into web scraping and all that stuff and and it was fun and i was really talented at, talented at, i have a huge skill set that goes way beyond most people in in my career field here and i also did industrial robotics so like I have a quite a wide breadth of of, uh, of knowledge to pull from, which kind of makes me like that, you know, you know, the person that's over here, over here, over here, over here doing this all for all these years. And you have to have a you have to stay, I keep saying you have to stay focused. Let me focus. <laughs> so I started out doing the the web started out doing the marketing software. And it became a thing where people were like, well, you know, if it could just have this one feature to do that. So I'd spend 70 hours trying to get in this little feature that saved 0.3 seconds of time. And I, it dawned on me one day, I'm like, you know what? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And, you, and we spend so much busy work time. We spend a lot of time doing busy work crap. And... The more that I've been able to offload the busy work through automation, through AI and stuff like that, um, you know, the easier my life has become. And it has to be that way. Like I said, you know, my wife had a, a stroke uh, six years ago, a hemorrhagic stroke. So basically what that means is is uh, it's like an aneurysm. You have a, a burst blood vessel in, in your brain. They uh, called, She was in the hospital already, had just had brain surgery. 
like 30 hours prior. They called me at three o'clock in the morning, uh, Norfolk Hospital in Virginia. And they said, hey, uh, you got to come say goodbye to your wife. She, she's dying. I'm like, holy crap. And I'm like, can, if you can just imagine the trauma of just even trying to drive, uh, to, you know, to the storm, fumbling, getting the keys in the ignition and, and just trying to do that. That was that was more PTSD than I've ever experienced in my life. And sorry, you guys. So that her, she became my why. And, and obviously I had to like, I had 25 people at the time. I had 150 clients. I had to, you know, tell people and say, look, I got to back off from this. If you want to stay with me, great. If not, I don't care. You know, you're not with me anyways. And uh, I'm sorry if that's a little crude, but you know, some, you got to do what's right for you. And for me, it was, it was backing, it was taking a step back figuring out, you know, the people that the clients that were with me. And I ended up with like six people, six clients. Thank God it was enough to pay my mortgage, to pay my, my vehicle and the other bills that I had. Thank you God for that. But um, it sort of also let me know who was truly in my corner mm -hmm. because before I was just taking the money, taking their money for the sake of having money, growing this big thing and, you know, and, and being happy. Yeah, I was making money. You know, and I had a, you know, I had a decent cushion, but the purpose of it all changed for me after my wife got sick and, and, and had her stroke. She was in a coma for two weeks and we had to, you know, over the course of seven months, she had to learn how to walk. She's still learning how to, how to speak. She's very, very slurred in her speech and. And uh, she needs a, a cane. Thank God we're on a cane now. It used to be a wheelchair, and now then a walker, and now it's a cane. And she was 45 when that happened. So that's pretty young to go through something so traumatic. And uh, but she became the why. So like everything all at once had had to absolutely be niched down, and get super focused on on what I was doing to to make things work. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been sustainable. And uh, we had an office that we pulled everything back here. Like this is my office now. So, you know, one of the rooms in my house and that's uh, just been, it's nice now. Cause like now I'm like, it's, it's a smaller operation, but we're more productive and, and I can just breathe better and know that we're okay. When you're all over the place, you can't do that. When you're offering 40 million, I think I was offering 25 different services, actually 36. I just looked at my old website and I was counting them today. I'm like, holy crap, that's a lot of extra stuff to be handling. And then each one was in its own little different industry, whether it be plumbing, electrical, dental or whatever. And, uh, and look, even with 25 people, that's not sustainable. Not, not like that. It's not at least. Well, and like I said, we're going to talk about how we can help um, help your wife and your family so to help other families because I I'm a stroke survivor, um, yeah. So I get it. Uh, but you know, yeah, I... like you're talking about as far as you know, niching down is there's a thousand heart surgeons out there. Mm -hmm. There's one Doctor Oz. Yeah. There's one. Yep. And people know him, and, and, and I've learned from Robert Garcia from taking his courses. You know, you can either be known in 
or you could be a celebrity in your field. And there's a big difference. You want, and if you niche down enough and you put enough work in, you're going to be a big fish in the little pond. Yep. For sure. And I, and I truly love that thing you said earlier. Um, cause I've noticed a lot of veterans, thank God I've, I'm, I'm able to do what I do. I yeah. think you're my, like my thousand something interview. Um, and I've, I've had doctors, lawyers, millionaires, billionaires, authors, and I out from each person. And I had a guy named uh, Rich Davini. He's a retired Navy SEAL commander. Yeah. And he wrote a book called Boots. And I picked called, up something. Called what? What's a great book. But I picked up, I used the three minute rule. Okay. And the three minute rule is whether I win or I lose, I either sit three minutes and then get back on the trail or I grieve for three minutes and get back on the trail. I like I, that. If you win, a lot of people like, okay, I, I won the NBA championship and they'll never sniff it because they're satisfied. Mm -hmm. Or you get a person that lost championships and now just think that they're a loser and they'll never, they're not, they'll never sniff it again. So I right. use the three minute rule. So what's on, you know, cause I always say that failure is an event. It's not a person. So talk about dealing right. with wins and losses. Uh, well, I think as an entrepreneur, I think it's safe to say I've probably had more losses than wins, you know, but you know, the, the, the winds have been pretty good, thankfully, especially this past year or so. Uh, you know, the, the winds are good. When you're failing, well, I don't even like to think of the word failing because it's like you're not a victim. If you choose the life of an entrepreneur, you're not a victim. You have the ability to make the change in your life that you need to do regardless of the situation that you're in. The situation you're in, that's just where you are at that moment. It's just a snapshot. It honestly doesn't mean anything. Uh, case in point today, I lost a client right before this call. He, he sent me a message saying, Matt, I really appreciate you. We've gotten some great leads, but you know, for us right now, he's, we just need to back off. And so I was like, shit, that's four grand a month. That was, you know, that's, you know, that's a, that's a, someone's yearly or someone's salary basically. And, but instead of like, and I, I'll tell you, I had a little twinge about it. Up for, you know, from the fair, but then I was like, shit, you know what the bonus and thank you God that I've had him as a client for two years. Thank you God that I have the ability to go get other ones. 10 minutes after that happened, I got a, I got a, a, a lead that came in through someone had found a lead through my website and, and it's right in his backyard. And I was like, I'm like, there you go. I'm like, you know, and I have the, the skill and the ability to, you know, to get a new client, which I'll probably end up closing him this week. I'm, I'm sure of it. Maybe, maybe not this week, maybe next week, because I'm going on vacation here in a couple of days. But when you see yourself as a victim, you don't see the opportunities before you. And you, you only see the problems. When you build up your skill set and you have a good team and good systems in place, you the opportunities seem like i mean they're always there but when you're prepared for them you can see them a lot better i think that's what i'm trying to get get out of no, that i get it and i appreciate that now because like i said this is i think it's like august 10th um 2023 um yep. 
So if somebody was going to start a business August 14th, 2023, what would be the three most important things you would tell them to do even before they started their business? All right. First off would be get a mentor. Find someone who has done what you want to do and, 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 you know, and follow them and, and, and get in front of them and, and, and use them because they've made all the mistakes already or the majority of them. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I want to be a, you know, a, a $10 million a year business, which, which I'm not, but like, I wouldn't start out at that. I'd be like, all right, I want to be the guy that made 4000 or 10000 or $25,000 a month. And you get, you get yourself aligned with those kinds of people. And also the people that you surround yourself with, you guys have all heard, you know, oh, you, the sum of all the five people that you surround yourself with, yeah. you know, and that's true. Yeah. That is very, very true. Yeah. Uh, simple case in point, my father-in-law lives with us. He, he's 84. He's a retired Marine, actually. Great guy. And uh, But he's 84. So sometimes after I spend time with him, I find myself going, oh, oh, geez, I'm in pain. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, no, I can't. You can't be like that. And then uh, you have to, you have to, you have to be around people that are energized. And, and if that means like for me, obviously I look at me, I'm fat. I'm a fat guy. I got to get out and I got to start working some more. I, I know that. And, and I am actually working on that. Well, but, I, I, I decided I'm not fat, trans slender. So I identify <laughs> being skinny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a skinny elephant. That's how I identify. <laughs> I'm skinny. My bones are skinny. So Yeah. That's it. That's so funny. the first one would be mentorship. I mean, third would be yep. mentorship. Yep. And then uh, spend a little time thinking about the things that you like to do and and now a lot of people it's like it just, it could just be like oh i like helping people you know i mean it's like i think you gotta you gotta dig a little bit deeper than that when you're looking at you know you could do underwater basket weaving or whatever which is a popular pastime in the air force or maybe the navy i don't know <laughs> but it probably doesn't pay very well you know and, and you got to think about all right the effort that i'm going to put in for this is it actually going to be worth my while to give me the lifestyle that I want. Um, and you could be like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's very selfish and, and, and shallow, but it's not. Cause like, if you think about what kind of lifestyle you want, like in my situation here, like I have to think about my wife also because like I'm diabetic, I'm 52 years old. You know, I mean, I, I won't be around probably as long as she will, even though she had a stroke, I probably won't be around as long as her, but I can do things to make it better. I can, I can, you know, exercise and live a healthier life, eat, eat better, keep a better positive mentality, um, you know, you know, to improve my mental state, which I'm obviously having a hard time with today. <laughs> Cause you're hanging out with me. So I, I, I <laughs> no, no. so you're making me, then, yeah. And then trying, and then being where you're at, and realizing how important th things are. Yeah. Right. And the other thing too, like the number one thing is, can I just speak frankly? 
Sure. For, <laughs> don't be a pussy. Don't be a freaking pussy. Like, yeah, you're going to go through some shit. It's going to suck. You're going to eat some dirt and, and, and it ain't going to be fun. But if you're not doing the things that make you uncomfortable, you're never going to get better at it. We've heard the analogy of, oh, your life is like a, you know, a thermostat. Back, I'm doing this because back in the old days, you had to actually turn the thermostat by hand. And if you're not, if you're just constantly set at 70 degrees, well, shit, 74 feels hot and uncomfortable. And, you know, a simple example of that is, when I was in the Air Force, I was stationed at Herbert Field, which is the headquarters for Air Force Special Ops. And I moved from England to Florida. Well, my first two weeks, every day, we'd get out and we'd do a FOD walk, you know, looking for, for stuff on the flight line, for, you know, stuff that could get ingested into the jet engines. And for almost two weeks straight, I passed out every friggin' morning on the, on the runway because I wasn't used to the heat. And then after a while, it got fine. I got used to it to the point where we would, I mean, I was, I was just an E4 at the time. So, like, I, we didn't have a lot of cash, especially coming back to the States, not having the, you know, COLA and all the other overseas housing allowance. Uh, I was shocked at how little money we had. So we had to throttle the uh, AC and we couldn't keep it as cool and as what we were comfortable with. So it AC, I think, came on at like 89 degrees. But before, you know, the five years prior to that, that would have freaking hospitalized me. I mean, shit, I passed out like almost almost every day. It got to the point where they're like, nah, you just sit here, you just sit in the chair, Johnson, you're fine. You know, and uh, I'm sure if there's any guys here that remember those days for me, they'll probably have a good time razzing me about that. You know, I like because I had a rough day yesterday. Uh, I was stupid yesterday. So, um, but, you know, I asked for forgiveness and and I was down on myself. And then I went to bed. Rocky Balboa was on. Yeah. And the scene, like, as soon as I turned it on, the scene came on where he, the young lady said to him, fighters fight. And I was like, That's holy. It. Shit, they're yeah. talking. They're, I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not gonna be that pussy. I'm yep. gonna fight and and do what I'm supposed to do. And yep. then she, you know, like she was saying that, you know, it's not everybody's journey. It's right. your journey. And we were trained to be leaders. And I think we need to get back to that warrior mentality, right? Yep, yep. And that's that's the biggest thing I think the military has taught me because before the military, I was. Kind of meek, I guess, maybe. You know, I had I had brothers that would, uh, you know, thankfully they toughened me up, but I wasn't a tough person. Mentally, I don't think I was. But I could take more than what I realized I could take. Probably just like most of us here, like when you graduate basic training, how many of us were like, wow, I did that? You know, I've had a lot of, wow, I did that type moments because, you know, you don't necessarily believe in yourself until you do something. So going back to that, you know, to, to raising the bar for yourself or turning up the thermostat to make it uncomfortable. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable and you're not sure about it, but then eventually you're going to start believing in what you're doing. You're going to see the results and results turn into, you know, action or action turns into results. And then it just makes it so much easier down the road. So now when I pick up the phone, 
like when my wife had her stroke and I came back to work, it used to it used to be scary to pick up the phone and call people. I'd always feel nervous inside. And now I'm like, that ain't nothing <laughs> after what, what I've been through. And then I think about all the stuff I've gone through in the, with the military and, you know, this and just everything in general. Maybe that's maturity in life. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not special. No, but, but you, what you're saying is, you know, you need to get comfortable. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Because there's somebody in my life, they want to be the smartest person in a room. Yeah, sorry about that. For me, if somebody says, hey, you can either be the smartest person in a room or you could sit down in a room with David Meltzer and Vaynerchuk. That's the yes. room that I want to be in. I, I was going to say, that's the room I'd rather be in. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'll be, I'll be the dummy in the room, but I'm going to soak up more of that knowledge because I already yeah. know what I know. You're right. I don't know what they know. Yeah. So that's, that, where, that's what I want to be. A, a big point, too, is like, you got to know what you know. And sometimes that means standing your ground. You know, when you're, when you're a new business, you gotta, you gotta know what you know. And I'll say it again. You got to stand your ground sometimes. And, and, and that's uncomfortable because you're going to get also keep training, like learn sales, closing techniques, whether it's Grant Cardone or Gary or whomever, like learn techniques because most people's objections are are just a premeditate or just a built-in rejection. And they're not really rejections, they're more like a complaint. So you gotta you gotta, you know, just yeah. and I wouldn't do this in my personal life with people. This is just dealing with business per se. Like when people are objecting to what you're telling them, you agree with them. Always agree with them. And then uh, you know, and then talk to them in a way that makes sense for so they understand. I, I don't want to get into the whole thing. This isn't about teaching everybody about that stuff. You, you're going to teach them when you, when they do hire you. Uh, Cause for yeah. me, you know, I believe That's right. you know, God gives me two ears and one mouth for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I can listen twice as much as I speak. And when I was selling timeshare, when I first started, I was talking and didn't sell shit. I started listening and I started crushing it because people will tell you how to sell them. You yeah. got to be listening. So anyway, I want them to be able to go to you for that help. But how do we find you? How do we support you? And more importantly, how can we help bride? That's more important okay. to me than the business. That is very important because this October, we are going to Florida for a, uh, for a treatment for her stroke. And it's a breakthrough treatment that's not yet covered by insurance. And, um, but it's called a paraspinal intercept. I think I said that correctly. And it's kind of an amazing thing. There's been over 5,000 people treated for it right now. It's just not covered by insurance yet. But eventually it will be. But uh, we're raising money. Um, I actually need to raise about $21,000 out of pocket uh, for this trip that we're doing. And uh, I think we're at to about four grand right now. Uh, that people have donated, which is great. The website for that, uh, and you can hear her story. It's actually quite moving. It, it's uh, IWillExist.com. And let me just double check, make sure that's up before you. I-W-I-L-L-E-X-I-S-T.com. Yes. 
and it's stroke recovery treatment, brain surgery gone wrong. And that's the video that's on there. And I'll, it, and of course, I'll, I'll put that in the liner notes. So people yeah. can um, so we're raising money for this treatment that we're going to go to on October 5th. We have to go down to Boca Raton for it. It's a, a week-long thing. So we'll be there from the 5th to like the 13th or something like that. And uh, she'll get multiple treatments. And basically, it's a shot that goes in the base of her spine up to, into her brain that will uh that will help reduce uh not necessarily brain swelling but the scar tissue mm. and help improve blood flow uh in that part of the brain so when people that have had that uh the re you know from that you can find it by googling like stroke recovery 60 minutes boca mm. raton or something like that and you can see their video of how 60 minutes did a, a piece on it. it's pretty amazing and people have had in 20 or 30 minutes all of a sudden they they go from like woo, 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 you know to immediately being able to speak clearly and to moving and like right now she's very i think the term is called spastic like she's very slow in her movements or she grabs onto something it's like okay let go let go let go you know she can't quite let go as, as easily because that part of her brain is damaged she wraps her arms around, wraps her hands around your neck. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's so sweet. My wife is so sweet and 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 loving and and uh, honestly, I'll tell you guys something. I was going to divorce her. She was acting really weird the months leading up to to her uh, needing the brain surgery. Turned out that she, like one day, she came home from work and she had been real bitchy and she'd come home from work and she wasn't feeling good and you know she's just being real nasty she left her car at work and took a taxi home which of course po'd me because i'm a you know a jerk and i had went into my office at the time we were living in virginia beach and i was like you know what i'm, like, I'm gonna divorce her that's it i'm just i this is not going good it's been months and months she's been really aloof and nasty and it's like, God, like, please give me a sign. Let me know what's going on. So about one o'clock that next morning, I had woken up because I was low. I had low blood sugars. And I went in there and she was on the couch. And she's like, hey, I, I don't feel so good. You know, me being the, you know, the the northern asshole that I am. I'm like, hey, you know, how many fingers have I got up? What, you know, what's your name? And, you know, what what year is it? except she really thought it was 1996. That's what she replied. And she was dead set that, that it was 1996. And was she was very uh, distraught when she found out that it wasn't, that it was really 2016. And I was like, oh shit, oh shit, like something's wrong, this isn't right. And she was like, no, 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 I, I promise we'll go to the hospital, you know, tomorrow morning, first thing. Like you, you know, your blood sugars are low right now. You can't even drive anyways. You can't like just let's just wait till the morning. So I'm like, all right. And then that next morning, 7:30 a.m., we went to her doctor, and they sent us across the street to the emergency room because she knew something wasn't right. And uh, they did the uh, a CAT scan, and the doctor came out to me and says, "I have some good news and some bad news." And, uh, you know, the good news is that, you know, we caught this early enough. The bad news is you have what's called a colloidal cyst. And it's like a golf ball-sized cyst in the center of your brain. 
to be honest with you, we don't quite know how you're even alert and walking around or anything. He's like, that's pretty much, that's a miracle right there. And then the guy that did the, the surgeon that did the initial brain scan thing says, Mr. Johnson, can I talk to you for a minute? And he said, can I ask you a question? Like, yeah. He's like, have, has she been very aloof and nasty and just not herself, but for many, many months leading up to this? I was like, yeah. He's like, listen, I, I need to tell you this. Like, he's like, I feel like this is God telling me to tell you this. It's not her fault. This is 100% because of that cyst in her brain. So whatever she's been done, however she's been to, because before I'm guessing she was lovely, which she was. She was awesome. He said, this is, this is the cyst that has caused this. Man, Rich, I, I instantly fell back in love with my wife. And, and it's and it's been like so strong ever since so like no matter what we go through now I know you know that it wasn't me or or the situation and and like I've been married before so I thought it was that like, oh great another one you know you know like and starting to think what's going on is it me it probably was <laughs> you know but she's just so much in love with her so now I'll do everything and and anything to give her back some part of her life which is why we're doing that treatment. So like guys, if you're listening, it's iwillexist.com, correct? Yep. Okay. Now how, if somebody wants to hire you or um, get in touch with you for business wise, how do sure. we get? Uh, pretty easy. Webmatic247.com. Except when you say the .com part, you got to sing it. .com. <laughs> I tell, I got all these big burly guys singing .com to me all the time. It's funny. Brother, I just want to say thank you. I'm I'm glad we finally got to hang out and jam. Me too. too. I appreciate you and I I love your bride and I love everything you're doing. Thank you. I'm actually going to release this probably next week. It's it's not scheduled to go out for a while, but we need to get this, get some money coming in to be able to take care of it. I appreciate that. Guys, as you know, um, I have, like I said, over a thousand interviews. I've been in recovery for over 34 years. Um, I've worked with players from NFL, Major League Baseball, WWE, NBA. Um, so I, I've started my own coaching business. Um, so far, I'm only allowing five I'm, and three spots up. So I have two spots available. It's a 90-day coaching business. If you need help, if you're struggling in business or in life, I will be your personal coach for the next 90 days and if you guys do, are listening to this now it's 50 percent off because you guys are listening to the podcast today so guys if you need a coach i am the comeback coach i love you uh, i love you guys um and as you guys know i'm a joe osteen guy um he always yeah. said and you mentioned earlier you know we we can choose to be the victim or the victor that's so amen that's so true so guys i know make that choice today to be the victors and not the victims. Brother, I love you, and I can't wait to see what we can do together, and I, I can't wait to help so you can get your bride to Florida in October. Awesome. Love you, bro. Thank you so much. I love you. All right, guys, remember, vertical momentum, the only way to go is up, and I will catch you in about 45 minutes. Love you, guys. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share.
please feel free to leave us a comment.